love that song. What a beautiful song. Serving, serving God is beautiful. It's really a privilege to be in church. Uh, I'm sorry, Sister Kim, I did not get my, my uh, verses to you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on. And I apologize last, last week. I mean, I studied, I studied during the week. I studied my lesson, and I, I went over everything again because I didn't get very far in my lesson. And then I thought I taught through verse 2, and then I started teaching, and I realized I, I was going over material I taught on the week before, so I apologize. And, and I tell you what, it, it isn't an easy thing to be up here teaching. And... Something like that, I did it, and it threw me off, and I really struggled after that because, because I did it, because I was teaching the same stuff, you know, and I was watching people sleep. No, I'm just kidding. I, I didn't see that. But it, it, wouldn't, it, it wouldn't have offended me if you would have fell asleep for, because, of, because of that. I'm really sorry about that, because I thought I, when I... When I was studying it during the week, I was looking over it. It just seemed familiar, and then it wasn't until I got up here and started teaching, I think, boy, I taught on this already. And so I'm sorry. So we're going to go over Psalms 51. And um, in fact, I think maybe you should stand. We need, if there's ever a time that we need God to help me and help Pastor Chuppy, Pastor Chuppy isn't feeling very well right now, and that God would touch him. And let's, let's pray for the remainder of this service that God would have his way here and in the, the remaining service and he would touch Pastor Chuppy. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this opportunity to be in church. Lord, we thank you for this, this privilege to speak to your great people, Lord. We pray that you'd help me. We pray, Lord, that you'd give your people ears to hear, that you'd, you would speak through me, Lord. We pray that you'd your hand would be upon the remainder of this service and you'd touch Pastor Bishop Choppy today. We pray that you'd touch him, help him to feel better, strengthen him, touch his body, Lord, in your precious name. We thank you for this privilege to be here today. You're a great and wonderful God. You've given us more than we deserve. We don't deserve these freedoms and this this message of this truth that we've heard and we thank you for it Lord because you're a great God you're wonderful and merciful and kind we thank you Jesus we love you Lord hallelujah hallelujah well let's um I guess since you're standing all I was going to have you sit and read through I don't I guess I hate to have people stand through lengthy readings but I'm going to read come just to what I'm doing here is I'm actually kind of kind of stalling a little bit because <laughs> I don't have a lot of information but I didn't get through last week so I'm gonna I'm gonna read through completely and I probably should have just did that through Psalms 51 uh, verse 1 have mercy upon me O God according to thy loving kindness according to unto the multitude of thy tender mercies blot out my transgressions wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin verse 3 for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desireth truth in the inner parts, and in the hidden part 
thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. <clears throat> make me to hear joy and gladness, that the, the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Verse 9, hide thy face, face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Verse thy free spirit then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners will, shall be converted unto thee deliver me from blood guiltness O God o, o God thy God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness O Lord open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise where am I at here uh, verse 16, for thou desireth not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delighteth not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole offerings. Then shall I offer bullocks upon thine altar. You may be seated. <clears throat> See, even God wants to drag this out a little bit. <laughs> no. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to slowly go. I'm going to start from verse 1. And I got just a couple. I highlighted a few things before the service that I'm going to, you know, first of all, the meaning of repentance. And this is, that's what I'm teaching about is repentance. <clears throat> and repentance means it's uh, to change one's mind when convicted by the Spirit. It's, it's brought on by godly sorrow. And it includes the decision to forsake all sin and turn towards God. That's what repentance is. And, and um, well, I'm just going to go through this. And it's a miracle. Repentance is a miracle. It's a great, it's a privilege to be granted repentance. You know, God doesn't have to do it, right? I mean, we, we, are, we are all born sinners. We, that's understood. And God wouldn't have to be merciful, but he is merciful to us. And, and so I'm going to talk about Psalms 51 as a background of, of David, David. King David in the Old Testament, he ended up, he ended up, uh, sinning against Bathsheba. She was a married woman. He was a married man. They ended up committing adultery. He tried covering it up. He ended up, uh, his, the nation of Israel was out fighting and he tried covering it up by bringing in Uriah, who was Bathsheba's wife, uh, a husband, and tried having him you know, figuring he would come in and then he would go in and, and, and um, 
conceive a child with Bathsheba when he comes back out of the field and he wouldn't do it because he's, he was such a, he was, you know, <clears throat> I guess, I, I think of that, that verse, what he says is how could I do that when the, um, when the nation of Israel, the army is out in tents, right? They're out in tents and they're fighting. And a lot of times that's a good principle to live by, right? It's like, so in other words, we should be doing our fair share, right? We should be doing, how can, how can I, if, if everybody's at the church doing a work day, how can I be out, you know, whatever, doing, you, you fill it in, whatever you like to do or, you know, whatever I like to do. But how can we, how can I not be with the church doing my share? And that's pretty much what Uriah said. I can't, I, you know, they're sleeping in tents. They're fighting a battle for God. And I need to be pitching in. And so it's a, it's a good principle to live by. And he was, a, he was a very principled man, apparently. He was one of David's mighty men. He was listed there. So, so he, he, Uriah wouldn't go in to Bathsheba. So then David decides... He's going to get him drunk, and then that would change it, and it still didn't, and, and then finally he just has him killed, just takes care of it, and he thinks he, he covers up three different ways he tries covering up his sin, and I think that's probably a principle that we as mankind uses also as we try covering up our sin instead of, instead of uh, confessing it, and <clears throat> so that is the background of uh, Psalms 51 verse 1 it says have mercy upon me O God according to thy loving kindness according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies blot out my transgression and David's plea for mercy is, is his is his confession of guilt and he and it's amazing because he petitions the loving kindness and mercy of God which is which is enormous right if we can petition in if we can petition God's loving kindness and mercy. He is, God delights in mercy. Psalms 51 and verse uh, 2. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. So David pleads in verse 1 and 2. He says, have mercy upon me. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. He's... He, that's what he says in those first two verses. In verse 3, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. David calls it in, in these verses, he calls it my transgression, mine iniquity, and my sin. He, he takes full responsibility for what he did. He doesn't blame anybody else. He doesn't, and that's a, another thing with mankind, right? We can blame, it's always somebody else's fault, but the reality is that it, uh, like I mentioned, I know I mentioned this here, the, of having a wrestling match with God and God speaking to me in the middle of the night and, and it was about somebody else and all of a sudden God dealt with me on my attitude and he, and he said, two wrongs don't make a right. And I thought, well, I thought about that. Well, that kind of hits home. I can't, I can't justify anything I do off of somebody else, what somebody else is doing. And so it has to be, it's my iniquity, my transgression, my sin. 
all of it. And, and Adam and Eve, it's, a, it's something that shows up that Adam, Adam and Eve didn't want to take responsibility for their sin. So it's, I believe it's inherent with our sinful natures. We just, we just don't want to take responsibility for our sin. But it's, there's, there's nothing more mine in this world than my sin. There's nothing. You know, because really, <clears throat> you, know, they, you know, my dad would always say, you can't take it with you. And that's one thing we can take with us, right? That's one thing we can take. If it's mine, it's going to go with me. If I, if I repent of it, it's not mine anymore. It's God took care of that. Jesus took care of it on the cross. So um, verse 4, Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. So sin is against thee and thee only. God is, it's against God. It's an assault it's, our sin is an assault against God's holiness, his, his morality. It's an assault against him. It, it, uh, you know, a friend, it, you know, friendship with the world is enmity with God, right? So it's an enemy of God. Being friendly to the world is an en enemy of, being an enemy of God. Well, what is, you know, sin is, a, is enmity with God. It's an assault. I actually put I put here insult, but I actually meant, I wrote on my notes, I actually meant assault. To, it's an assault on God. It's, it's an assault on God. Our sin is. Verse, verse 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So it's, with this, I, I put down here, you know, some people, and I, I mentioned it last week, we're born, you know, some people are just born, you know, they're born winners. You know, it, it seems like everything they do is good, right? You know, they, they just have, you know, some people are born musicians and artists and mechanically, they're mechanical. There might be an engineer in those things. But David was saying, I'm, I'm, I'm a born sinner. And really that is what mankind is, right? We are born sinners. We're born that way. We don't have to, we don't have to be trained. I remember coming in the church and and thinking of you know now I suppose you come in and you're you know you're here for 30 years and you've heard a lot of different things and brother Walters I remember listening to brother Walters and thinking how much wisdom he had because and then he would say you know you don't have to you don't have to teach a child to to lie and steal you know it's just natural and that's what David was saying here is we're just we're born we don't have to go to class to do this we're we're good at it naturally. We just, in fact, I think we we probably get better at it. We you know because as young kids, it's you know seeing young kids and they. Um, uh, I remember like our grandson Jack. You know he wasn't. You know he wasn't. He was so honest that he would. You know, his mom would would ask him something or dad would ask him something you know did you did you just go and shoot that window out with a bb gun yeah i did you know he would just he would just say you know well he didn't he wasn't he didn't learn the art of lying he just would tell the truth all the time and i i guess i haven't noticed but usually what happens is as you watch kids grow older you know they're brutally honest at the beginning 
and then they learn, hey, you know, last time I said that there was some consequences to my sin, and it'd just probably be easier if I just lie my way out of this, right? So we probably get, and then, and then pretty soon they're not very good at it, and then pretty soon they get better at it as they, so, you know, we, we're actually, we actually get better at, at, um, at sinning naturally. <clears throat> and verse 6, Behold, thou desireth truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part thou shalt make, uh, make me to know wisdom. So God is looking for, with us, with mankind, because we can put on you know, you know, we we look at the outward sign, right? We look at we look at Brother Kieran is looking good. He's got you know he's looking got tie looking good and and um, and we know that, right? We know we're 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 uh, we look at the out if we if we what we do and we try hiding things and that and. And, but God looks at the inward parts, and, and we understand that, and, and God is really looking for us to be truthful inwardly, and that's really the sincerity and genuine, we can be genuine, because God is looking for, God is looking for transformation. He's looking for, for us to be transformed inwardly toward, towards the outside, right? is what he's looking for us to do to change our to to be changed by him inwardly and the outside not that the that the outside isn't important to God the outside is important to God but he wants it to be inside out the change to be transformed in verse 7 purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean wash me and I shall be whiter than snow I was gonna, I was gonna look this up, too, and I don't. Is there a, is there a scripture that says white as snow? I mean, this, there's a song, and I was gonna look that up after I, because I, when I was teaching last time, I, I said white because of the song, I said white, white as snow, but it actually says whiter than snow, and so, and I was gonna look up, and I couldn't think off the top of my head if there's a scripture that says white as snow. But, but he says that, you know, purge me with hyssop, and, and I guess I won't go into that. It's kind of detailed with, with hyssop. You know, it's a branch. What it, I guess I'll just say this. What it's talking about is, is that hyssop was used in the Old Testament ceremonial law, is that they would take it, and it was a, it was a, a branch or a, a vine or whatever, and it would, it was, uh, I think kind of you know leafy and and so they would take it and they'd dip it in blood and they would do that at the the Passover they would do the the top and then the sides uh, they would take it on the top and the side I can't remember what the Bible calls those and um, and they would do it in the cleansing different cleansing ceremonial cleansings and so that's what it's speaking about and and actually the thought behind it some of the thought behind it is that it's actually it's actually um, it is uh, their thinking is that it, it, 
it's what it's what they're thinking is that that it it was already taken care of. David's sin was already taken care of, and that that was the hyssop and the sprinkling was something that was already done. It was and it was it was where a, a priest would go do it, and his sin was taken care of. Did you find a verse, Brother Tyler? It's white as snow. Okay. Pardon? Oh, there's eight verses that says white as snow. Well, okay. I guess I won't have to look it up. But this one is whiter. Why? This is whiter than snow. So, so that's what hyssop is. So, verse eight. We'll go to verse eight. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. So David. David here admits two things. He admits two things with sin. With sin, I guess I never thought of this before, but it'd be pretty good study. What, what tags along with sin, right? There's what comes along. You, you get sin, what else do you get with it? And here he's saying two things. He's saying two things in this verse that comes along with sin, and, and one of them is the loss of joy and gladness. With sin, and David understood he said he said make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice and the other thing is that the addition with that that loss of joy and gladness is there's going to be a chastisement from God and and it's not a chastisement because and I mentioned this last week that my view of God changed with that because I always viewed as and I don't even know how to express this to people, but my view was God was a God that, that if you, you, did, you did right, he was happy, and everything, you were blessed, and all that. And if you did wrong, there was a God that would deal with you, right? And, and you had to deal with the consequences of your decision, or my decision, sinning, and there's consequences with sin, and, and since I have to deal with those consequences, and, and God is not happy with me. He's angry with me. But then I started looking at things different. I started, and it was a process of, and there were multiple things that happened at the same time, and multiple verses that were opened up. And all of a sudden I realized I'm looking at this wrong. I'm looking at it as, as that I sin. There's consequences. God deals with me. And, but I realize that the reason God does that is because God will go to extreme lengths and to make sure that somebody doesn't go to hell. That, and that somebody is me. He will, he will deal with me not out of, not out of uh, bitterness or hate or anything like that. He'll deal with me out of love. And he will deal with me. And an example is the, and I don't know if I mentioned, I just talked to Cody, our son, about this. I don't remember if I said this last week, but I, I remember one of the things that happened is that Brother Plantinea came here. I think that's who, I think that's who said, and he said, and, I, and like I said, I had all these things that happened and all these things that, that these verses were, and, and all of a sudden I'm kind of scratching my head and kind of thinking, you know, this is really kind of, it goes against the way I'm thinking, you know, the way I was brought up and the way 
my dad was my dad my dad was a great guy but he went through a, a spell and I don't know what it was when when I was a kid he broke his hip he broke his hip and and when I was little I was I was in grade school and we had there was eight children and there were there were um, there was oh boy how do I say this uh, maybe some of them weren't the best they weren't uh, you know everybody turned out to be good and nobody went to prison or anything like that but you know they just weren't they weren't very nice they um, you know, back talk my dad and my dad couldn't you know my dad would chase I remember ch him chasing and being so angry and if he'd he'd catch him he'd let him have it you know and and so he went through that stage and I think maybe raising the kids maybe it was frustrating because he couldn't control the kids and and all that and but he was, he was a great he was he was great you know once uh, he lived to be 94 and um, I had a uh, as we got older it was just a different relationship so maybe seeing my dad growing up and seeing my dad kind of made me have that mentality and but all of a sudden it started changing and brother Plantinea said he said he talked about the the angels guarding the tree of the entrance into the garden of Eden right the tree of life and he said this and he said that was done in out of mercy because he said if they would have ate the tree of life they would have they would have went into eternity with sin and so it's like and then like I said you know there was just a stuff like that that happened and that changed my mind that you know where you see that what what was your thoughts when I always read that about okay well they can't God is keeping us from something right he's he's got those flaming the angels with flaming swords and he's keeping us from from something and but really it was mercy and so it kind of changed my mind the way I viewed the way my view of God and my view of of um you know like David says here that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice so chastisement chastisement comes along with sin because God is a loving God God want does not want anybody to go to hell and he'll go to extremes he will go to extremes to make sure we don't go to hell and he's a great God he's and I mean it's an example is um, the uh, in the New Testament is the the one I mean there's so many in the New Testament you know because he would when Jesus if you look at Jesus you know God you could say okay well God doesn't want you know that's not a big deal for us not to for God who's who's all-powerful to just make it hard you know okay well I'll just afflict him break his bones you know and, uh, and I assume my assumption is here that it's probably speaking of maybe a sheep they talk about a shepherd your sheep keeps wandering sheep keeps wandering and then finally the shepherd goes and breaks the sheep's leg and the sheep has to be with the shepherd all the time and then the sheep learns not to just 
not to wander anymore. And so the, the shepherd is breaking his bones, not out of hate, but out of love to keep the, to keep the sheep from wandering. And so um, that, you know, I forgot my train of thought here. It's actually doing pretty good there with all those going all over the place, but my train of thought. So it's, it, you know, the, the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. And David, that comes along with it. And Psalms 119.67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. <clears throat> so joy, joy, joy comes after forget. Joy comes after forgiveness. I mean, you, you, I think of over the years the people, you know, the difference, uh, baptism. Right, the difference baptism makes in people's lives, the difference, you know, people getting filled with the Holy Ghost, even bapt, you know, there's sometimes people got baptized, received the Holy Ghost, and you know, I think of sometimes that, um, you know, I remember, I think it was Brad, Brother Darlene's, or Sister Darlene, did I say Brother, Sister Darlene's son Brad I think that's who it was is is that he actually got baptized up at camp during couples retreat and received the Holy Ghost in the in the the baptismal and he about drained the water out of the baptismal he was jumping around and and I think of another um, probably there'd, there'd be a few people that would remember this uh, girl that came in and she got she was went through a divorce she ended up getting baptized and she said it's all I had all this bitterness towards my husband over the door divorce and she said it's all gone it's it's not there anymore so how how can that be how does you know you think about that you think about how can and I've had that happen I've had that happen where I've had stuff like that where it, it, you could physically feel it got removed and you think about how can, how can bitterness just disappear? It has to be a God thing, right? I don't know how it can happen, but it does. I don't know how God does it. I don't know how, how, what, how that works in our brains and, and where it's, it's what we, we got our, our minds wired for bitterness and all of a sudden it just gets rewired. I, I don't know. Don't know how it works, but somehow God God fixes it. You know, it's you know, guilt, shame, how that stuff can all disappear. But it God God fixes that. And so, you know, and I, I wrote down here, <clears throat> you know, the, the dilemma with unrepented humanity is dealing with the guilt of sin. So I'm talking about the joy and gladness. And, um, you know, how, how do we find joy without being cleansed of guilt? I, I've been there, right? I've been there. How do you find joy without, how do you find joy when you have, when you're guilt, you have guilt? And, you know, one way is to try just forget, forgetting it, right? If you stay busy enough, if you just, if you don't, you don't, uh, you know, for, and I, when we're in the, when I was in the world, 
you know, I never thought about it for, you know, whatever, 28 years or something like that. I never thought about, I was just going through life, I was sinning. And then all of a sudden I started, God started dealing with me on it. He started dealing with me on my sin. And how do you, you know, God starts dealing with me and how do you get rid of the guilt part of it? And I, I mean, I had that guilt. I knew I was guilty. Nobody had to, you know, there was probably from probably around when I was 28 years old, nobody had to tell me I was a sinner because I knew I was a sinner because God was dealing with me on sin. And so you can, you know, with, with guilt, you can try staying busy, right? I mean, if, if we're, now I'll, I'll say if we're in the church, you know, David was this, this, to hurry to get through this now <laughs> uh, so but the guilt you know I you know David was in the church right he was the king of he was a king of Israel and you know how does how does David being in that position how does he deal with the guilt of sin you know he, I'm sure he tried you know staying busy might have tried helping people or whatever you know but you still have that that guilt that's there and and you know, it, it, uh, we can ignore it. And I know from my first living in the world and without God, I know the sound of laughter and the hollow echoes of unsolved life issues try and, and trying to cover it, right? You have laughter, you have trying to have a good time. You know, it, it, um, I remember when God dealt with me on drinking and my my friends and I were were big drinkers and and we would go out drinking and all of a sudden I didn't really care to drink anymore and I would go out and I would sometimes I wouldn't drink and sometimes I might have a one drink or something like that and and that wasn't you know I would I, when I would go out drinking I would drink heavily and it's not fun being out drinking with a bunch of drunk people. It's just, it is not, you know, stuff that I thought was, you know, if I would have been drunk, I thought it would have been really, really funny and I'm out, I'm out drinking and, and, um, and I'm thinking this, this isn't funny, it's not even fun. And so, you know, I tried, I tried covering up that guilt with that stuff and once I started where it was uncovered and I'm, God deals with me on drinking, and I see how, I mean, it just isn't fun. And, and so, <clears throat> verse, verse 9, hide thy face from my sin and blot out mine iniquities. Hide means to turn away from. So he's asking God to turn away from, from David's sin. And blot, blot means to wipe, wipe clean. 
And so David prays his prayer for forgiveness in verse 7 and 9. He asks God to purge him with hyssop that he might be clean, wash him that he might be whiter than snow, and hide his face from his sins and blot out his iniquities. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You know, when I, when I was going through this repentance, you know, God was, God was dealing with me, and there's, there is a power in repentance. And I remember, I remember there were times I would, I would go out, and I, you know, I, there were periods that I, I wouldn't drink, I'd drink a little bit, but then all of a sudden there would be times I would go out and then I would drink. You know, knowing that I would be going out and I was like, this isn't fun. And then I would go and get drunk. And I remember, remember why, and in fact, I remember talking to Shelly about this and she said the same thing. She would say, why do I do this? Why don't I, why can't I quit? Why, why can't I just quit? And I would slip up, you know, even though, even though I, I cut way, way back to a point where, where, <clears throat> you know, I remember one of, one of our friends, one of my childhood friends, his wife said to Shelly, Shelly said to, well, Guess I'll have to. I'll say this, but Shelley said that I don't know what's wrong with Pete. You know, he doesn't want to go out with the boys anymore. Yeah, and she said, "Well, what's wrong with you? I wish my husband wouldn't want to go out with the boys." You know, so I wouldn't. I really started losing that where I wouldn't want to go out. But then when I every once in a while I'd go out, and I would, I would get drunk, and. And it was like it was worse because I wasn't drinking all the time, so I would get, it was, it was just worse. I'll just say that. And I, don't, I guess I don't, so my problem was, you know, trying to fix my own life. And there is, like I said, there is, repent, there is power in repentance and God was doing a work in my life. But I can't change, changing my own life is like, trying to take a drink of water out of a gas can, right? Try to, you, you, you have a gas can, it's still a gas can. You had gas in it, you're still going to taste gas, even though you dumped it out. But the reality is you, gotta, you have to dump the gas out. You have to clean it. It has to, gas can, you can't just drink water out of a gas can. It's, and so you, it has to be cleaned. And, that, and only God can do that, right? Can I? Only God can do that. Only God changed where I went from. <clears throat> I went from slipping up to receiving the Holy Ghost and not ever wanting to have a drink again, not ever wanting, never tempted by alcohol ever again. Never one time have I been tempted. It's never been. I've been around it. There's times <clears throat> I've been around it, and it it actually smells gross. Just the smell of it. I, the smell of it is overpowering to me. Just smelling it. And I, it's like I have no desire. No desire for what it whatsoever. But that's only God can do that, right? And that's what David is saying here. He says, create in me a clean heart. He's saying it, it can only be. God is the only creator. 
God, you know, mankind can take what God created. We can, we can take it and we can make something out of it, right? But it's, we can never create anything. Not like, you know, in the, in the biblical sense, God created everything. And we can take what he created and, and make something out of it, but we can't create anything. And so it's saying, create in me a clean heart. Only what, what David is saying, it's got to be a divine, something has to be divine changed within me. And I understand that. I, because, because of my past, I understand I need a divine, and I still need that. I still need God to do divine within me. I need that. He needs to create a clean heart in me and, a, and renew a right spirit within me. Boy, I think this watch is fast. What time is it? Is it, what time is it? I think it's about quarter two, isn't it? Okay, this, actually this is slow. I thought, I thought, it. let's stand. I'll have to stop there. <clears throat> Boy. Let's, let's pray as we're dismissed. Let me write this down. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and kindness. We pray that you'd help us. You'd strengthen us. Help us to come, come to a place and understand repentance and, and live in a repented state, Lord. We pray that you'd touch each and every person here. You'd, you'd strengthen us. You'd have your hand upon the remaining service in Jesus' name. We love you, Jesus. You're dismissed for about 10, 15 minutes in Jesus' name.